We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 367. Our guest today is an equestrian and real estate specialist in Palm Beach, downtown West Palm Beach, and equestrian facilities in Wellington. She is a dressage rider since the age of 10 and started traveling to South Florida from the Midwest to compete. She fell in love with the area, as many of us do, and has remained there ever since. She's really passionate about the sport and the community and bringing the two together, and she shares her expertise to help clients find the best properties from beach to barn, as she loves to say. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Jenna Steffens. Hi, Jenna. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I think this is so hot right now because everyone is trying to figure out the logistics of Wellington living (laughs) this time of year. So thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. Um, How did you first get started in the horse world? So it actually goes way back um, to my mom. So when we were kids, she actually had a horse that she would just have for leisure and we would trail ride. And my brother and I used to go to the barn with her. So I think that's what initially started my horse craze. But then around, I grew up dancing and I was really competitive with that. But then around age 10 to 12, I started getting really burnt out on dance and really, really was gaining an an interest in horses. So um, we started at a dressage barn at around age 10 and it just kind of grew from there. That's awesome. Um, You're based in Wellington, which is Mm -hmm. one of the biggest horse capitals in the U.S. and the world and definitely biggest hub for riding in the winter in the U.S. So what is it about Wellington that makes you love it so much? I think even since I was a kid, um, growing up in the sport, hearing the word Wellington, having never been there prior, growing up in the in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. It was always a goal for me to be able to get to that level where I could bring my horse down, you know, because obviously coming from such a long way, it has to be worth it. And you have to be at a certain level in order to do it. So for me, that was always a goal. So yeah, I, I, grew, I grew up in Wisconsin as well. Oh, in, you did? In the Midwest. And no so I, w- I was always just like, oh, my gosh, Wellington is just this yeah. like magical horse land. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just the Mecca. So I, I I can even just remember my first time being 14, going and arriving and seeing when you turn and you see the sign for um, Wellington with, with all the flags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have oh, that yeah. imprinted in my mind. Seriously, that is yeah. so cool. A big piece of Wellington is the community that you find amongst other equestrians. So how are you inspired by having so many riders in the area? I think what's amazing, and it's unlike any other uh, area, is no matter what sport you're in with riding 
you're competing and you're surrounded against the best talent, mm-hmm. the top trainers, the top riders from not only the US, but from the whole world. So I think that in itself is just inspiring to be around that level of talent. And I don't think you could go anywhere else in the world and feel that way. Um, so I think it really pushes you to new levels with with your riding. Definitely. You have a content series called Meet the Riders. Tell me a little bit about the series. Like what prompted you to start it? What have you learned from interviewing other riders? Yeah, so I started that last season and I really just, you know, think thinking about my past with riding and having that um, background. If you're at the top of the sport, everybody has a story because as you know, it may look easy, but to get to the top of any level of riding, you know, or any sport within the equestrian field is extremely hard and takes many, many, many years. And so I just wanted to hear from the different riders what their story was. So when I started the series, I don't even really send them questions before. It's similar to this where we're just talking back and forth and just getting to know the the riders. And I think just naturally their story comes out. Tell me a little bit about your riding now. What kind of riding do you do? How do you how do you possibly fit it in your schedule, especially this time of year? I feel like that's a question I get asked a lot is like, how are there enough hours in the day for you to do all the things you do? Yeah. Well, to be honest, I don't ride so much anymore. Um, after I graduated from from high school and went on to college, I really went that route. But um, now I really just uh, support my friends and my family members that are really com- competitive within the sports. Like this summer, I flew to um, Europe to watch my brother ride in the world uh world breeding champ championships. Yeah. But so, and I'm, at, I'm at all the shows and I'm actually sponsoring global this year. So unfortunately I'm not involved so much in the riding side anymore, but my brother and I have this goal to get me riding within the next couple of years. So that is the goal. And wow. it is hard to think about how I would possibly fit that in. So my plan is to, instead of going to the gym in the morning, I would just be his first client and just go to the barn at like 7 a.m. and go to work directly after. So that's that's the goal. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about being a real estate agent, especially in a place that is so, you know, so equestrian. I mean, it's mm-hmm. really all consuming, um, whether it be um, homes for people to, you know, live there and rent their purchase while they're, you know, they're during circuit. There's obviously so many incredible barns. Um, do you specialize in a specific, um, type of real estate in Wellington? Do you do it all horsey people, non-horsey people? What does that look like for your business? Yeah. So I think over the years I've developed a niche. So, um, I specialize in waterfront condo living, new uh, development. I have the exclusive sales for a 55-unit condo building on the waterfront in West Palm Beach. But then what also gives me the edge is being able to sell the equestrian 
properties in Wellington, because as, as you know, you can't quite possibly understand the needs of riders and, or be able to sell any type of property like, like that, unless you have that past or that, unless you've grown up in barns. So mm-hmm. I think that's what really makes it interesting in Wellington. Um, the fact that it does weed out most of the agents, um, right. unless they've have that background. So I think that's really cool because even within that you develop a a community between the other agents too, because we all have a similar thread. Mm -hmm. Definitely. What are some interesting like questions that a, you know, like a real estate agent like yourself in Wellington, Florida might hear from a client that you wouldn't necessarily hear in other parts of the world? (laughs) Wow, there's a lot of them. I would say initially, like procs buying a property just based off of how close it is to the show. That's a really big thing for hunters and we, jumpers, you and I were literally just talking you know. about that. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's we important. need to be hacking. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it, it's funny too because that's something that I've learned over the years because uh, the dressage people, although of course they love to be close to global, it's not as much of a selling point as for the jumpers and the hunters. So it's like they need to be within hacking uh, distance. So it's just like learning those different um, niches. And then also it really depends too. Like if the client is running a business uh, out, out of a barn, there's a total different level of needs than if somebody's just buying a barn for their own personal use. Mm-hmm. So Numbers, number of stalls can be big. Also the arena and if it's covered. Now, a lot of people, if they're only here for season, don't care if it's covered or not. But if the clients are year round, then they absolutely need a covered because right. you can't possibly work horses throughout the day without a covered um, arena. Otherwise, you're waking up, you know, before the sun hits totally. and then or you're riding afterwards. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a whole different niche of niche of questions. That, yeah, that you get. That's what I was assuming. I mean, I bet someone who um, isn't, you know, working in Wellington, if they were to like overhear some of the things, they'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, but it's kind of, it's cool because it truly weeds out so, so many agents. Mm-hmm. So it's truly an equestrian centric place. And I don't know of many other places in the U S that are like that. So it's a really special, special market to work in. Totally. You have a trademark saying beach to barn. What does that Mm -hmm. mean to you? What advice do you have for someone who wants that kind of beach to barn lifestyle? Yeah. So beach to barn really highlights what this area has, has to offer. And it quite literally boils down my niche. So as I mentioned before, I specialize in, uh, waterfront and new new development in the Palm Beach area and coming from my equestrian background has given me a unique advantage in order to be able to sell that lifestyle and the advice that I give honestly depends on the client so I really truly try to center around what my clients needs are um, and the first question that I ask is how much time are you spending here? Because most people in the South Florida market, these are second to third homes. So, you know, depending on 
if they are totally just centered around horses and want that pro the proximity to the horse show and all they're doing is horses, then we can center down on the Wellington market. But if they're, you know, they do show on the weekends, but during the week they want to be able to have their beach walks. Then we start looking, you know, at the West Palm beach market. And what's really unique about these two markets is that even though Wellington is West and obviously not waterfront, you still can have that hybrid lifestyle because the beach and that Palm beach lifestyle is only 20 minutes away. So for people that don't mind a commute, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it just is something really special that our market has to offer. Definitely. About three years ago, I drew my first sketch of the ponytail hairnet. This all stemmed from having years and years of wearing hairnets, also having long hair, not like that matters, but I often would wear my hair down. I have a very big head. I have the largest women's same shoot helmet and a ton of hair. So with all that being said, with a lot of photography and modeling with my equestrian style, I just like noticed a few things that just like didn't quite seem right when it came to the current line of hairnets in the market. I love, I really love wearing hairnets. I think it really helps an overall like classic and polished look. But whenever I wore my hair down, I noticed the inevitable blob of hairnet, the extra hairnet that just flops around in your ponytail. And I would try to tuck it in my hair tie, I would try to braid it into my braid, and it just was never quite right. So I decided to take matters into my own hands and it started a very long journey of getting a design patent and creating a brand new product. And that is my new brand, Ellsworth. Ellsworth is an equestrian accessory brand and my very first product is the ponytail hairnet. We just launched and I have been absolutely overwhelmed with the response. You guys love it and I am so happy because I love it too. What makes it so different is it is not only like softer and durable and I really love the six colors we came out with but it has the patent pending elastic lined hole at the back of your head. So basically it completely takes away the need for another hair tie. I don't know about you, but I was always that girl growing up, eh, let's be honest, still today, that does not have a hair tie around her wrist and she is going around tack trunks asking her barn friends for an extra hair tie. Well, with this design, you don't even need a hair tie if you don't want to because the elastic lined hole at the back of the hairnet acts as your hair tie. But because of this design, what it really does is remove the excess hairnet that flops around in your ponytail. So now you can wear a hairnet and wear your hair down or up. It absolutely works if you want to wear your hair up. But either way, you do not have to worry about the excess hairnet flopping around in your ponytail. So if you would like to take a look at the ponytail hairnets, they come in a pack of two for $16.99 and they're available on my website. My website is Ellsworth Official. That's E-L-L-S-W-O-R-T-H official.com. I love Palm Beach and it it really isn't <laughs> yes. it really isn't that far away um but we no. try 
you know, especially during the winter circuit, we try to go over to Palm Beach for dinner as often as possible. It's like, yeah, it's like 30 minutes if you can like catch some decent traffic, but um, the, like just the whole vibe and the, the restaurants there are amazing. The scenery, it's just, it's just like unlike anything else. Yeah. And I find that Wellington people get caught in their bubble and they have to like, like you're saying, kind of more or less plan it or force themselves to go to Palm Beach. But, you know, I think it's such a special aspect to our market. And my brother actually um, lived in Wellington, had a house there, and he really never left. It was like any time that we did anything with the family or you know, going out to dinner, it was me always going west to them because I actually live in North in North Palm Beach. But now he got a job up in Jupiter and he works for a family riding and they're now based out of Jupiter Farms. And he complained about it for the first year and was like, I miss Wellington. I just want to go back to my bubble. And now he absolutely loves it. So I think Mm. for all of you Wellington folks listening, it's definitely worth venturing out a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um, Many people romanticize an equestrian property. I mean, how can you not, especially in Wellington, they're stunning, but obviously it can be a lot of work. Um, What are some of the most important things people should consider when buying an equestrian property? Flood zones, you know, making sure that, I mean, obviously all, all of Wellington can be pretty low, but just looking at how the property drains um, and making sure that when they built the uh, property that the proper drainage was set Mm -hmm. because obviously it doesn't rain very much during season, but when you're gone afterwards, you know, during our rainy season, water, water levels can get higher. Yeah. I think that if a client that is purchasing purchasing this type of property and maybe they haven't done that before just considering all of the costs that can mm-hmm. come with it you know in terms of like operating the farm uh insurance landscaping any managers that you have on staff so yeah there's a lot more that goes into purchasing these type of uh, properties versus you know if you're going to buy a condo where you're they're just thinking about, okay, what are my monthly uh, HOA fees? What are the insurance? What are my taxes? Um, when it comes to owning a property of that size, there's just a lot more that goes into that. So making sure that you have a really good team on board with your, you know, who's it, advising you on the, on the real estate side, lawyers and, and things like that. So just having a really strong yeah, that's team. A, that's good advice. What, what are some unique or maybe some of the most interesting features that you've seen an equestrian property in Wellington have? Well, that's a, that's a really good, a good question. Um, unique features. I would say the barn apartments that I've seen that are mm-hmm. nicer than, than uh, a lot of the houses. <laughs> I actually, this property that I sold last season, it was a barn, a barn property and it had two shower stalls for the horses but the way that it was finished was like a luxury bathroom for you know your master bath (laughs) so it had tile and like 
you know, the fixtures that it had for the water hoses were like mm. uh, very, very high end. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't it's know stunning. if this is so much yeah. practical, <laughs> but it looks pretty. Wow, that's so <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. What would you say is something that you're passionate about in the equestrian industry now being a part of it in so many different ways that you feel like people either don't talk a lot about or don't know enough about? Yeah, so... Also, why I started my series, which I kind of touched on a little bit before, is I don't think people realize if you're not in the sports, how difficult it is to get to that level um, and how, how hard it is to ride at the Grand Cru level, whether you're a hunter, jumper, dressage. I watched my brother go through it, and I'm just so proud seeing him where he's come because I don't think a lot of people talk about the um, economic factor or the economic bar- barrier that exists with within the sport. So, you know, if you go back on my um, Instagram page and look at some of my videos, you'll see uh, Sarah Tub- Tubman really uh, opening up about that and my brother, Adam Steffens. Um, it's just really hard to make it to the top level of the sport mm-hmm. if you don't have... Mm-hmm millions and millions of dollars to invest. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's something that nobody really likes talking about, but it truly um, exists. So I think that is something that I've tried to bring to light with my series. Mm -hmm. Definitely. What do you think are some things that could be done I, and I guess it, it, you're kind of doing it is just continuing to have conversations around it. Yeah, I think just because I think the people in the sport that have had to sacrifice so much to be where they are, I think that it makes a difference to to talk about it. Because I think a lot of people feel like they're the odd man out, you know, because they're surrounded by so much wealth, right? Sure. And they're truly just relying on their skill to get to where to where they are. And, you know, there's just so much story within that for all for all those types of riders and so I think just for other riders to know that are in that spot that they're not alone I think is is crucial because I think it it gets hard because you feel like you know you're the you're the only one that's struggling with with that but it's but it's not true Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of people that have made it to the top and sacrificed a lot and didn't have the means to necessarily get themselves there right exactly yeah I think that that's a great point um, and yeah. I'm very like applicable to you because you probably see a full range of the spectrum with what you do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's been amazing to see the riders that I've known since I was a little girl and had uh, com- competed a- against them and seen where they're at today. And it's just really inspiring because I think it's one of the hardest uh, in- industries to make it in. Mm-hmm. I truly, I truly I truly think that. So yeah. the people that have made it, it's it's a huge feat. Yeah. Do you have any um, specific plans or riders on the docket for this next season for your series? Yeah, um, I do. I have a few up my sleeve and I'm actually going to do some polo riders as well, which I haven't mm-hmm. done this last cool. season. But if you feel like you connect with what I've said and you want to uh, reach out to be, I'm can, considered, I'm always looking for 
other people love that. as well. I've been, I, every yeah. year I tell myself I'm going to go to a polo match and then like <laughs> life happens and it's always so busy when I'm down there, but this is the year I, I need to go because this is the, the polo life there is, is so cool. Yes, it is fun. And it's, it's just so cool that like every day there's something else to be offered. Mm-hmm. And I, I've learned so much about the other sports growing up in dressage, you know, like, as you know, the sports within the equestrian field are very separate, right? Even the people and the trainers, like I have so many times jumper clients are asking me, Oh, do you know this person? Or do you know this trainer? I'm like, no, unless, unless they're my client, I don't really know them. But through what I, through what I do and through my series, I've learned so much about the other sports, which has been really fun because that's not something that you get. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. Well, Jenna, thank you so much for taking the time to come on during the height of your busy season. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate you taking the time and um, excited for another season of WEF coming up very soon. Um, But I wish you all the best. Same. Thank you so much. All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much and I will talk to you next week.